section four of the sikh religion volume five by max arthur mcauliffe this librivox recording is in the public domain life of guru gobind singh chapter four the guru set about extending panta and beautifying it with gardens and pleasure grounds one day as he was sitting in his garden he received an invitation from raja fatah shah of srinagar to his daughter's marriage with the son of raja bim chand of bilaspur the guru declined the invitation on the ground that bim chand was at enmity with him and a disturbance might result were the two to meet the guru however promised to send his finance minister with some troops to represent him he accordingly gave orders to diwan nan chand to hold himself in readiness and at the same time to provide a necklace of the value of one lakh and a quarter of rupees as a marriage present for raja fatah shah's daughter nan chand on his departure said to the guru i go in obedience to thine order but if raja bim chand force a quarrel on me it may be difficult for me to return the guru replied as the immortal god will take thee thither so will he restore thee to me have no anxiety on that account nan chand set out according to order with five hundred horse for srinagar the raja sent officers some distance to receive him and offered him suitable quarters within the city nan chand urged diplomatic reasons for not accepting the accommodation provided but his real object was to encamp outside the city so that he and his troops might be free to escape if treacherously attacked accordingly a spot on the road to panta was at his request assigned him for his camp raja bim chand raja kesari chand raja gopal raja hari chand and the rajas of kangra mandi and sukit proceeded in great state to srinagar on their way they halted on the margin of the jamna not far from panta there raja bin chand heard that the guru with his forces was encamped at the ferry of rajgat four miles distant and had made preparations to obstruct his progress bim chand accordingly considered what was to be done under the circumstances he knew the guru to be very brave and he also knew the enmity he bore him if raja bim chand went straight on he would have to contend with the guru's troops and if he went by a circuitous route to another ferry he could not arrive in time for the wedding in this difficulty raja bim chand consulted his brother rajas and recalled to their memory all the circumstances connected with his negotiations with the guru he had deferred making war on account of his son's approaching marriage but the very circumstance that he had apprehended now occurred for the guru was on the way to obstruct his progress and hinder his crossing the jamna at rajgat various counsels were given which were all rejected at last bim chand decided to send his prime minister to the guru to represent that his son's marriage was about to be celebrated and it was no time for a clash of arms which would turn joy into sorrow 
the prime minister received instructions to present all this in the form of a respectful request to the guru if it failed he was then to inform him of the names of the rajas who were with the marriage procession it was thus hoped that even if the guru rejected the respectful request he would hesitate to attack so many powerful chiefs when the hill raja's envoy reached the guru he said o true guru raja bim chand with the hill raja's hath come with his son's marriage procession and they request thy permission to pass they ordered me to entreat thee with clasped hands to consider this as the marriage of thine own son the guru replied o envoy there is no reliance to be placed on these false hill raja's while uttering sweet words they harbour enmity in their hearts therefore tell them from me that they may come this way if they are brave but if they are cowards they may take another route in which case i will not molest them raja bim chand threatened to come and attack me at anandpur i will myself proceed thither when i have vanquished him when the guru's determination was communicated to raja bim chand and the other hill chiefs there ensued a long discussion as to the best course of action it was at last decided that the bridegroom should be sent with a few high officials to request the guru to allow him safe conduct for the purpose of his marriage and that the rest of the marriage procession should go to srinagar by a circuitous route bim chand vowed that after the celebration of the marriage he would take revenge on the guru for his conduct and bring raja fatah shah to dislodge him from his position when raja bim chand's son with his escort reached the guru he said o true guru thy name is cherisher of those who seek thy protection and i do so now had my father thought that thou wert likely to molest me he would never have sent me hither as i am his son so i am now thine i am altogether at thy mercy the guru compassionated the youth and at once allowed him to proceed to srinagar for the due performance of his marriage rites when the bridegroom and his small party informed raja fatah shah of what had occurred he felt sore grieved at the impediment placed by the guru in the way of his daughter's marriage before the hill chiefs had yet arrived diwan nan chan desired to offer the guru's wedding present and then take his early departure raja fatah shah replied you may offer me the guru's present when all the rajas are assembled when raja bim chand and the other hill chiefs arrived nan chand was anxious to present the guru's wedding gift and leave srinagar as early as possible the herald in attendance proclaimed guru gobind ray who is seated on guru nanak's throne hath presented jewellery to the value of a lakh and a quarter of rupees as dowry to fatah shah's daughter raja bim chand on hearing this became enraged and said witness all ye people my kerm is friendly to the guru and taketh the marriage present from him though he is an enemy of mine i must therefore refuse to accept fatah shah's daughter for my son the raja of kangra said to the speaker it is not well to act in haste send thy minister to raja fatah shah and ask him if he will take the initiative in a war with the guru 
if so he is one of us and we will conclude the alliance with him if however he refuse to attack the guru then we will not accept his daughter on this raja kasari chand and raja bim chand's minister went to raja fatah shah told him all the circumstances and said that if he did not go to war with the guru he should be considered an enemy not only of raja bim chand but of all the hill chiefs raja fatah shah was much perplexed on receiving this message and saw that trouble awaited him on every side he replied it is a great sin to fight with a man who obviously manifesteth his friendship the guru is my greatest friend how shall i engage in a conflict with him without reason raja bim chand is at enmity with the guru without any just cause if one man make a request and another cannot comply what ground of enmity is that come with me and i will make peace between the guru and raja bim chand when raja bim chand was informed of this he caused the drum of departure to be beaten when his horses were saddled and all preparation made he sent his minister with an ultimatum to fatah shah raja bim chand now breaks off his son's marriage with thy daughter on this account thou shalt suffer much obloquy the guru is here to-day and gone to-morrow thou hast no kinship to break with him so why break with thine affianced relations fatah shah was weakly overcome by this representation and promised to act as raja bim chand desired raja bim chand who was already on horseback alighted on hearing fatah shah's change of determination and went to him fatah shah then renewed his promise to act according to bim chand's wishes and join him in making war on the guru meanwhile nan chand managed to secure his property including the guru's unaccepted wedding present and prepared for his homeward journey on hearing this raja bim chand sent five hundred horse to intercept him and seize whatever he had in his possession raja bin chand promised the leader of the detachment to send more troops to his assistance as soon as possible when nan chand's troops found their way obstructed they began to reflect that they were few while the hillmen were many and they meditated flight or coalition with the enemy on this a brave sikh spoke out what are you soldiers meditating on your departure for srinagar the true guru promised that as the immortal god would conduct you to your destination so would he restore you to your homes in safety put faith in the guru's words this short speech inspired the sikhs with courage and shouting sat sri akal sat sri akal true is the immortal god true is the immortal god prepared for the conflict nan chand also addressed cheering words to his men he assured them that the army in front of them was weak and his men might fearlessly advance they obeyed and when within gunshot discharged a volley at the hillmen which threw their ranks into disorder nan chand then shouted to the hill troops why waste your lives in vain the army which was to reinforce you hath not arrived fly on hearing this the hillmen dispersed in every direction their reinforcing army which was approaching 
heard the sound of the sikhs muskets and feared to advance moreover raja bim chand's troops would never fight unless commanded by himself the result was that nand chand and his troops safely returned to paunta and offered their obeisance and congratulations to the guru nand chand gave him an account of what had occurred since his departure for srinagar and advised him to hold himself in readiness for the hill rajas with fatah shah would certainly repeat their aggression upon this the guru ordered ammunition to be served out to his army it now became a question whether the guru would wait for the enemy near paunta or advance to intercept their progress the guru's uncle said that the enemy would come by bangani between the jamna and the giri and it would be best to select bangani which was six miles distant for the field of battle the guru approved of this plan of operations during nand chand's stay in srinagar a merchant arrived there with one hundred horses which he had purchased in cashmere for the guru nand chand had a difficulty in saving them from bim chand's rapacity and succeeded in taking them to paunta he now informed the guru that the horses were present and at his disposal the gift was a very opportune one and the guru expressed his highest satisfaction with the merchant he distributed the horses among selected sikhs there was nothing now heard but warlike preparations and conversations the sikhs who in the words of the sikh chronicler watched for the enemy as a tiger for his prey enjoyed in anticipation the approaching battle and vaunted that they would expel all the hill rajas and take possession of their territories raja bim chand reproached his troops for failing to arrest the departure of nand chand's detachment and asked them if they had occupied their time in feasting on honey or doing their duty he said however that he would forget the past if they promised amendment in the future he then sent word to fatah shah to go and do battle with the guru according to his promise fatah shah in order to please him served out ammunition and beat the drum of war his soldiers buckled on their swords and slung their guns over their shoulders fatah shah propitiated the goddess of his state and putting himself at the head of his troops advanced to the combat as already stated the guru's army except the five hundred pathans recently taken into his service on the recommendation of budu shah exalted in the prospect of battle the pathans took counsel with one another and bakan khan one of their officers said the guru's main dependence is on us the rest of his army is a miscellaneous rabble who have never seen war and will run away when they hear the first shot fired then the brunt of the battle will fall on us and we shall be responsible for defeat why waste our lives in vain let us go to the guru and ask permission to return to our homes kala khan another of the pathan officers stoutly resisted the proposal you are untrue to your salt are you not ashamed to think of running away when your employer is involved in serious warfare nobody will trust you in the future and when you die you shall be condemned to the abode of sorrow of which our holy prophet tells you are a disgrace to the pathan race bakan khan rejoined o kala khan remain 
thou loyal to the guru if any of us have business at home why should he not go there why should he die an untimely death stay thou with the guru and earn such advancement as he may confer on thee on hearing this kala khan detached himself from the pathans and adhered to his allegiance to the guru nijabat khan and hayat khan sided with the majority under bakan khan and proceeded to the guru to ask on behalf of themselves and their followers leave to depart to their homes one man had a child born to him another was to be betrothed a third was to be married the mother of a fourth was dead etc etc and all would suffer irrevocable disgrace were they not to return to their homes at once they accordingly requested the guru to settle their accounts and pay the balance of their salaries due to them the guru replied this is not a time to ask for leave the enemy is upon us and yet you desire to forsake me if any one of you wish to marry let him first marry battle and then proceed to his home and celebrate marriage with his betrothed in that case i will largely reward you the pathans again represented it is incumbent on us to go to our homes in case of births deaths and marriages otherwise we could never show our faces again to our relations we must therefore depart to this the guru replied be loyal to your sovereign leave death and life in the hands of god desert not your posts abandon not your duty and you shall be happy in this world and the next if you die in battle you shall obtain glory to which not even monarchs can aspire shame not your sires and your race he who forsaketh his master in battle shall be dishonoured here and condemned hereafter the vultures knowing him to be disloyal will not touch but spurn his flesh he shall not go to heaven hereafter nor obtain glory here abundant disgrace shall light upon his head be assured of this that human birth shall be profitable to him who loseth his life with his face to the foe for all the drops of blood that fall from his body so many years shall he enjoy the company of his god the guru offered double pay which the pathans refused then triple then quadruple all the guru's overtures were rejected the pathans replied money is a thing to be distributed among relations but if relations fall out of what use is money kripal then addressed them o fools you are afraid to fight and are only inventing excuses having eaten the guru's salt you are untrue to it and are reflecting dishonour on the pathan race a curse on your pay and on yourselves kripal then quoted the text from bhai gur das's wars against ingratitude finding all remonstrance useless kripal recommended the guru to dismiss the wretches from his service the guru again addressed the mutinous men you appear like tigers but you have only the spirit of jackals the pathans cast down their eyes and said in reply o great king say what thou pleasest we will serve thee no longer we are not thy prisoners why tauntest thou us the guru replied leave my presence 
the immortal god will assist me when the pathans having received their salary from the guru went to their tents to make preparations for their departure kala khan again advised them to serve the guru for one year more at the end of that time they should be wealthy men bhikan khan replied the guru is evidently afraid of the enemy if we want money let us go and fight on the side of the hillmen and obtain their permission to plunder the guru the hillmen have not the same information regarding his treasure as we have accordingly we shall be at the rear during the battle and at the front during the plunder we will then go straight to our homes taking with us all we can seize this advice of bakan khan was applauded by the pathans they accordingly sent five of their men to negotiate with raja fatah shah and tell him they would all serve him without pay if they were allowed to plunder the guru moreover their leaving the guru would ruin him as they were the only fighting men he had in fact on their departure there would be none to fight on his side and fatah shah would gain a bloodless victory fatah shah was highly pleased and at once gave the pathans written permission to appropriate the guru's property when the document was shown to the body of the pathans they set about saddling their horses to join fatah shah's standard kala khan again remonstrated and threatened the mutineers but in vain some further overtures of the guru were also rejected the upshot was that the guru's soldiers who were only waiting for his order expelled the mutinous pathans from his camp kala khan remained with the troop of one hundred men of whom he had been originally in command the guru lost no time in informing budu shah of the misconduct of the mutinous pathan soldiers whom he had introduced and recommended to him budu shah felt their behaviour a personal disgrace to himself he sought to remove it and also gain spiritual advantage by assisting the guru he accordingly placed himself his brother his four sons and seven hundred disciples at the guru's disposal End of section four.